welcome to Quantum, the podcast every STEM student should be listening to, covering everything from what's going on in the world of science, interviewing people with STEM majors and what they've gone on to do, to talking about finance, careers, and business. In the last episode, we talked about developing your startup idea using uh, my example of the Incubator VC SPAC chain. Uh, you know, we got into the issues there, how to actually evaluate it, and as you might remember, kind of my thing, my opinion, like the big takeaway is look at all the issues because even if you it turns out that the idea is viable, all those issues will help you walk away with it and run with it better when you get there. Now, today uh, we're going to talk about how to actually build out your team. You know, many startups just start as you know in a garage thing where you have one, two people, and then they start to grow, and it's very difficult to acquire the team. But you have startups nowadays where the moment you have the idea, you start recruiting people and before you even reach uh, the funding level, you already have a team of like 10, 15 people. So it's really important to understand how to actually build out your team. So let's jump right into it. So what I would say is the absolutely number one most important thing when building out your team is thinking about the culture first. Now, you know, why is the culture so important? Well, the culture defines how your business works, how you operate, it affects all sides of your entire corporation or startup or whatever you want to call it. But so, you know, that sounds like a very big thing. So let's talk about what actually is the culture of a company. Well, the culture of a company is basically the approach or the ideology with which you're you know, going into the business. So if we take an example of my company, which is FAIR, we're a ESG brokerage with some other things on the side. So ESG, that's very ethical. So we have to really make sure that part of our culture as a business is being an ethical business. As such, that will affect the contracts we take, the banks we work with, et cetera, et cetera. But it also affects how we treat the people in the business. Do we gift them, you know, being very supportive, giving them opportunities, making sure everyone is happy where they work, allowing them to learn, allowing them to expand, change, move around, and make sure that our employee satisfaction is very high because that is part of, you know, ESG metrics. And given that's where our business center around, it's important that that is part of our culture. So now that you understand why, uh, what, you know, culture is, let's talk about how good culture will keep the good people in your business. Now, if you ever had a job, think about what that job was like. If you enjoyed it, you probably had a great team around you that you really liked. You did work that you kind of enjoyed, but also your boss and your colleagues, you you just enjoyed working with all of them because they were good people that you got along with. Now think about your, you know, the bad job that you really didn't like. You know, maybe it kind of lines up with a stereotypical of, the boss screams at you, you did your job poorly, what are you doing? Or, you know, it's it's very high-pressure environment that doesn't provide the support to mitigate that. Things like this, right? So there is, you can clearly see even from your personal experiences what a good and bad culture uh, kind of is. But what is it, you know, that might be hard to kind of understand if you're looking at it from, uh, you know, like, why would that keep good people? Because if you pay people well, you know, aren't they going to stay? Well, to an extent, yes. But think about like the high-skilled people, right? We're not talking about, you know, if, if someone is, even if, let's let's go super simple. Let's go back to my favorite example of a flower shop, 
let's say you have someone there that's selling the flowers. Now you can just have, you know, a sales staff that you just hire someone and you replace them every few months because they leave because they don't enjoy the job. Well, what you're going to run into there is the training, right? Now, what kind of training is that? They're just salespeople. They just got to cash up the register. Well, even that, even, you know, entering stuff into a register, that takes some effort. But there's also the familiarity. You know, if the longer you work, the longer they work the job, they'll be like, oh, you know, if this person tells me like these cust- repeat customers, they can build relationships with them. The people like coming back to the store. So even someone, you know, that you would think is, oh, they're so replaceable as you know, like someone that's literally at the front end of your store just doing sales, even they matter a lot. And then when you get into the area of very high-skilled people, let's say in your business you have the marketing team leader. Well, that's going to be someone with, you know, a high-skill threshold requirements. When the same way, those people, you want to keep them around because they have the skills, they've been trained, but they also have the understanding, you know, same way a good culture is, you know, good at keeping people. Once you have someone there, you also want them to understand the company culture. So keep it, having someone long-term, you can achieve by having good culture. And then by having the long-term, they, you will have benefits. Like they understand the culture. They understand how your business operates. They understand your brand. They understand who you are. So they will be just better for making sure your business works in the image that you want it to be in. And as such, you know, let's talk about kind of what is a good culture. You know, we, we take the example that you've, your experience, but what about directly, you know, how do you actually, what, what do you put in to make it a good culture? Well, I think the most fundamental thing is you support your staff. You can be the most horrible ESG-wise business where you destroy the environment, you do horrible things, but, if you want good culture within the company, the number one thing is supporting your staff. Now, this can be supporting your staff by providing them educational opportunities, by uh, making sure that they have a development path within your business so they can rise up within the business and they have opportunities to take. It can be as simple as making sure that people don't have to drive four hours uh, just to get somewhere uh, and if you know if someone is if someone you hired lives very far away, and you can make it simpler for them, you know make them may work from home three days out of the week because you think that will make them better, happier in the work. Do that; it'll make your staff happier, it'll make them more productive, it'll make them better. And this this kind of brings me into an example I always like to use when people talk about you know how horrible businesses are in far, as far as their culture. Well, you know, it's true. Like if you go to like a traditional bank, people say, oh, you work like 100 hours a week. It's insane. True. It is insane. But if you look at the actual productivity, there's a large range there. You know, if you look at the businesses that do things right, let's say, you know, the stuff that's commonly talked about, a four-day work week, uh, giving people time off, uh, you know, a large amount of time off, providing people with opportunities uh, to expand themselves, uh, making sure that people, you know, don't work excessively long hours, making sure the whole experience of it is good. Yeah, that might bring more upfront costs to your business, but it will also increase the efficiency. Probably you are familiar with the example of Ford, where he was looking at a business, they, they only had Sunday off for church, 
And he realized, well, I, I want my employees to have Saturday off so they have a reason to buy a business, you know, to buy a car. Well, this is kind of a similar thing, of course, but it's not encouraging your employees to buy your product. But it basically means is by providing for your employees to be happier and to be more satisfied in their job, you will increase your productivity and you will be a better business. So everything you hear, you know, don't wait for policies to change and force you to do something that's better for your staff. No, go with it. Be the leader in that. And even if, you know, let's let's say every one of your businesses, everyone in your business is going to not leave you. Well, when you're trying to acquire new talent, where's the best talent going to go? Are they going to go to company X where, you know, there's very shitty culture, they get very little time off, they have to work insane hours and maybe get $5,000 more than you would pay them? Or are they going to go to your company where they will love the work, they will love the job? but get a tiny little bit less money. Well, if you actually look at satisfaction and employee retentions and stuff like that, oftentimes people start off, they go to the company where there's more money and then realize, I don't actually want to work here. And they will go to your company and they will stay there and they will do better work for you there. Which is why it's so important to have good culture in your business. You'll get better people when you hire them and you will keep your best people. Now, you know, a lot of, let's let's go finance because, you know, it's, I have a lot of examples here. But whenever you have a business and you have staff, you talk about attrition rate, which is how fast people leave. Now, you have something like consulting, right? There's it's, Consulting is famous for having incredibly high attrition rates. Why is that? Well, firstly, because the work is very high pressure, so a lot of people want to leave. But also some of the cultures around, you know, center around them helping you leave and go into a different sector afterwards. And that's exactly, you know, how do you keep your attrition rate low? Like if you have a great fucking group of staff, you want your attrition rate low. So that's, again, good culture. But you know, I, I think I've rambled on about culture a little bit too much. So let's move on to the next thing, which is how do you actually pick the right people? You, know, you, you have interviews, you send in CVs, you have cover letters, you have tons of different things. But... You know, if you're new to this, if you've never done it before, you're like, what the, f- what, what is this? What does this mean? How does, uh, you know, what are, you know, these companies at Google, they have all these tests and stuff like that. Like, should I do them? Should I do assessment days? So, that, you know what? No, you don't need them. If you're, if you're in an early stage, you have less than 20 people, 30, 40, 50 people, you know, whatever the point is where you can know everybody on your staff. If you're small enough to know everyone on your staff, you don't need any of those. What you really need is just an interview. Interview those people, get to know them a little bit, get an idea of are they excited about the mission of your business and do they seem to have the skills. Now, then you just give them an offer, give them a trial period, like a month or two-month trial period, and you see how they are. During those two months, you will notice how do they fit into the culture of the company. Because one thing that's kind of an issue, you know, some people will just not fit in with your culture and they will, you know, erode your culture from the inside. So it's important to make sure all your, you know, everyone you bring on is a good culture fit. And over that two months, you can also evaluate their skills. You'll see, oh, you know, I hired them to do marketing, but maybe they lack a little bit of skills around marketing when it pertains to using TikTok as a high discoverability platform, for example, right? So 
in those cases, you kind of have a choice. You can either train them or you can fire them. Now, probably the natural instinct is, well, if they don't have the skills I need them to do, I want to fire them. Now, I'd say, yeah, maybe, but hold on a second. Think about it. If those people are a great culture fit and really support the people that within your company and make everyone else happier to work there, then maybe the productivity boost they give you now is already beneficial. So you want to so you want to take keep them for that. And then you have to figure out how to make their skills productive. Well, you can train them. You know, every employee, whenever they join, their training cost, like it's called like employee acquisition costs or staff. I'm not sure what the exact correct term is, but essentially acquiring a new employee is expensive. It comes with costs. So if you can figure out that, you know, if you can justify to teach them that specific niche skill that you need them to know, then that will be far better for you if they're already a good culture fit. You've already onboarded them into the company. It probably would make sense. And it's something I see a lot of people not think about. They, they hire someone... They spend time and money on them, and then they're like, oh, they don't have the skills I need. I'm going to fire them. Even though oftentimes you could just teach those people those skills. You could send them to training. You can teach them yourself and put in the time in them. And those people, if you put them through training and all that, they will value the position they have at your business that much more. And, you know, down the line, you know, you can figure out, like, as long as, so basically, to sum up this section, is as long as the culture fit is good and the skills they have aren't way too far away from what you need them to do it oftentimes makes much more sense to just teach them those skills because you will keep that staff they'll understand your company and they'll just overall be a better fit so coming back a little bit to the interviews once you've you know determined that focus on the culture fit focus on that and focus on the excitement now I have kind of a last point here that I want to make before we head off. And that's about the kind of where do you actually look for people? Like physically look for people. Well, you probably all know LinkedIn. Simple, popular, efficient. But there's a massive untapped resource of hires you can go with for a business. And those are students. Yeah, students. I know, you know, they don't have the skills that someone experienced has. And you, yeah, you're probably going to need some very experienced people. So just throwing up a job listing makes sense for that. But you, if you're looking, you know, especially if you're a young business that has some, you know, more modern values, if you take on a student, take them on part-time while they're doing their college degree, teach them, raise them, make sure they're a good culture fit, and then hire them once they're out of university you will have the most loyal and amazing employee you could imagine. And there's also a massive, you know, there's a massive number of students compared to the positions available for students. So if you can jump in, you will have your pickings of people. You will have so many students you can pick from. And something that LinkedIn is particularly good for is you just enter, you know, just pay for the recruiter LinkedIn or whatever it's called. Put in the criteria of the student you're looking for and then just reach out to like 200 students. 40 will get back to you and out of those you will hire 10 or 5 or whatever. 
and they will have some of the skills because, of course, you know, they're going to university, they have some experience, they already know what they're doing, and you can teach them that little bit extra. They'll be grateful to you, they'll be happy employees, and as long as you have a good culture, they will stay with you and continue to work for you and be an amazing investment. Because, you know, a lot of people can say, like, oh, look at staff as an, you know, the ROI on your staff. Well, what better ROI is there than taking a student and teaching them the skills and then once they graduate, bringing them on? Because that gives you, you know, a junior level employee which already understands your culture, has tons of experience with exactly who you are and believes in your business. I think especially for startups, that's an amazing thing to do because let's say, you know, you're starting, you have about a year and a half until you go, like you start you raise your Series A and start properly onboarding. Well, it's going to take about a year and a half for them to graduate. You have the most amazing timing where you're a young startup, don't really have the money, you bring them on, give them a 120th of a percent of equity. And then, you know, once they graduate, you suddenly, that's exactly when you're raising capital and you can bring them on full time. They'll be happy. They'll be like, it. I don't know. It just seems like such an amazingly good fit. Uh, you know, when we were trying to recruit students and realized this actually works so well. So really try to consider that. I highly encourage you to do that. But otherwise, just to sum up, and I talked about how the culture is just the most important thing. The picking the right people, you, do, you don't need anything complex. Just do an interview and then a trial period and you'll figure it out. And lastly, that students are a massive untapped resource. I really hope you've enjoyed listening to this. Uh, I, I was really kind of, when I was writing out the notes for this episode, I kind of realized, oh, wow, I, there's so many things I've kind of been doing and didn't even realize this actually really makes sense to me. So I hope it's been as useful to you as actually writing out the show notes for the episode has been for me. If you've enjoyed listening, please uh, go rate it on Apple Podcasts. Five stars would be incredibly appreciated. If you want to share it with your friends or family or whoever you have who you think would be interested in the podcast, I hope you have a lovely day. See you in the next episode. Bye.